0: Hello, and welcome to the Inspiration Board, the podcast where I talk with artists who inspire me and ask them to share their own unique works and stories. My name is Khalees, and I'm the host of this podcast. For this special episode, we have five amazing guests joining me today. But what these guests have in common is that we all participated in an online Zoom comic slash zine workshop called My Monster Holds Me Soft. This workshop was created to allow queer, disabled young adults to create zines and comics that would help them heal from their trauma. This workshop was run by the Toronto-based nonprofit organization, Story Planet, whose mission is to amplify the voices of children and young adults in underserved communities. I am so excited for you all to hear what they have to say about this wonderful workshop. Uh, But before we get started, as you know, it's not an episode without me apologizing about some editing mishap that I of course had to deal with. Um, I kept forgetting to turn off my mic when I had to type into the chat so you will hear some typing every now and again and there's one part where uh, there's an ambulance in the background and I couldn't edit that out so I'm so sorry once again I need to be a better editor but as you know I am NOT an editor but I do it anyways because I love this project. So anyways I'm gonna stop rambling and I'm just gonna let us dive right into it. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. How are you doing today? Oh, we're, we're doing good. At least I'm doing good. I know no one
1: can see, but I have a uh, an FTP shirt, which was listed as file transfer protocol, but we all know what it really means.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um since we have such a big group today i kind of wanted to do something different and kind of wanted to introduce ourselves do you guys want to start off by saying who you are pronouns and kind of what you like to do or something around that okay sure um uh, my name is
2: Vincy. i use they them pronouns i am an illustrator and um cartoonist i was the head facilitator for uh, my monster's home me soft so yeah nice i think that's a quick quick bio enough <laughs> that's perfect
3: Hi, I'm Lila, I use they-them pronouns, um, I'm, I guess, like a multimedia artist, um, yeah I usually work in like collage, but this was my first time, um, in my Monsters Hold Me Soft speaking like an illustrated comic, so,
1: yeah. Cool, hey, I'm Tots, I use they or she pronouns, um, I am not a professional artist. Uh, I'm a professional showing up and doing stuff, er. Um, I do a lot of volunteer stuff in my free time and um, I do a lot of art. Uh, I do glass art and recently I've been really enjoying um, vandalizing Baltimore with paint pens. So <laughs> that's it, that's me.
4: Hi everyone, I'm Lynn, she, her pronouns. I am a writer. I like to write children's books and uh, short stories, personal essays as well. And I also like facilitating writing workshops that focus on using art as a tool for self-reflection and self-care.
5: Hi, I'm Sam. Um, I have my pronouns are them, and I'm an artist, I guess. I like doing everything from fabric to writing to drawing and illustration and do everything basically, I love art in general. Uh, And I was also part or like a co facilitator co facilit I don't know how to pronounce that word, of My Monsters.
0: So for those who may not know, My Monster Holds Me Soft is sort of a workshop that happened for about a month, a month and a half over the summer this past year, where queer disabled artists come and join and make art in zines as a way to um, heal from their trauma. Would you say that's a correct way of saying it?
2: Yes, basically taking um, abstract thoughts from their trauma and grounding it into something that's physical, like a comic book or like an art zine, um, anything you really wanted to make out of it, out of the workshop, and just something that you can take, you that physical copy so you can reflect on it, and you can understand what is going on and how to move on from it.
0: Awesome. And I kind of wanted to start off with by asking everybody in the group today, kind of why did you join this workshop? Why was it so important for you to be a part of it?
2: I just thought it was really important because honestly, when I first started making comic scenes that were like that, it was, I think, I had a little part of me that was really upset and I just wanted to vocalize it because I never really talked about um, abuse and trauma and stuff like that. And then the minute I vocalized it, there was a lot of feedback from that. Um, A lot of people really resonated with how like honest I was about my work and it ended up circulating quite widely around a couple of circles. I ended up getting like nominated for an award for it. So for some reason I was like, Whoa, I can't believe that. And it was, it was such a weird experience because people knew me in a way that I didn't really even know myself in a way. And I, it really resonated with me when people understood and could connect with me and foster a community around that. So I continued to do that constantly. And then the community kept growing a little bit by a little bit by a little bit. And by doing that, I wanted to make a workshop around that as well so we can actually have a tighter community around centering around that and actually teach this practice to other people as well.
3: Yeah, um, I guess for me, like as someone with trauma, like. I try to look for things that add some structure to my life. So yeah, I guess it was like summer and I was looking for something to participate in that seemed cool that would kind of give me a bit of a schedule. And yeah, I don't do great with just like open time. So yeah, and then I follow both Vinci and Sam on Instagram. So like, I'm sure I just saw the ad for it and thought it sounded so cool um yeah and I'm I'm in trauma therapy so I guess I thought sounds like a good thing for me that you know I'm already really focused on my trauma and I'm already an artist and yeah I just felt like really good timing and and I knew Vinci and Sam would do a great workshop series so
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to go just full ass and say that I am totally, like, it it became more for me, but at the go, I was just a bitsy fan. Honestly, it was anything I could do to, like, interact with them in a non-creepy way. I was like, oh my god, take a workshop with them? it was, it, it, it was so perfect. And it's funny how, like, cause it really was like, it was super innocent. I was just like, Oh, friend, friend who make art. That feels good to me. And it, it's cool. Um, but when like, like, you know, I signed up and all that, but like looking into it and even hearing what Vincey was saying now, like I was looking for a community so deeply, especially after being separated from kind of what community I thought I had found during like before COVID. And for me, you know, queer disabled black like it was just a, kind of a lot and i never felt like there was a place where i could take up space and that i could be appreciated and all my dreams came true because i've got cool friends now <laughs> let me talk so much it's just really sweet so that's why that's why that's why i was here and i'm so glad um not to derail the combo too much but i'm in like my art room right now and i noticed the very first scene that i made with you guys like behind my beanbag chair. And it's so cute. And it's when Natalie came in the back, I wrote a quote that really resonated with me. And it's at the center of the revolution, will there will always be room for love for other people. Fire. Okay.
4: Absolutely. So uh, Vinci asked me to be part of this back in May and I was really excited for the chance to help facilitate because I, it's, I'm always looking for ways to make art um, more accessible for everyone and to see it as not just something um, that geniuses or super talented people get to do uh, because it it permeates so much of our lives. And I, I think we don't always talk about the ways that art and writing can be a hobby and can be equally beautiful and healing and meaningful in our lives even whether it's professional or not. Uh, so I, I was really excited for the chance to, to explore a bit more of that with a group. And I also really trusted Vinci's leadership in, in designing this. So I was really excited to just follow along that curriculum and take part.
5: Yeah, I was going to say, oh yeah, when Vinci, like told me about like, the program they wanted to do, and like I know they applied for other grants, but like it wasn't working out. So when like Story Planet like was like, yeah, let's go with it. And like, I was really excited for them. I was like, yeah. And um, I was like, I'll help you out as much as I can. And like, I was so proud of them, like to just like make it go from an idea to like, you know, come to fruition, like actually start becoming a workshop and bringing people in and making zines. And at the end, like I was just like, This
0: was so cool. I'm proud of everything. For people who may not know what a zine is, a zine is sort of like a a self-made work of like a little booklet you can make. And you can put whatever you want in it. It can be a comic. It can be writing, poetry, whatever it may be. And for all of us who took part in this workshop, I kind of wanted to ask, uh, why do you think zine making is so important, especially for our little community that we have?
2: I think scene making is really important because if you think about the, uh, the, uh, oh my God, the word um, origins of the scene making, it comes from the lack of marginalized publications where marginalized people could talk about whatever they wanted, about their issues, about um, their strengths, about just anything really about their communities they didn't have that in regular publishing. So they went to zine making. They were just like, you know what? If they're not putting it in regular publishing, we can make our own publishing. So I think that's really important to note about in zines. They're not just like beautiful pieces of work. They're also very politically based and they're very much something that Anybody can do and anybody can pick up, regardless of skill, regardless of what's going on in your life, you can make a zine and you can speak and say your voice and have other people have it. And it's accessible because anybody can print them off. It can be really cheaply made. You can just have like a regular printer. You can go to the library and print them out and then just distribute them. And that's amazing. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, everything that Quincy said,
3: I totally agree with um i think for me it's just yeah like being able to do everything myself there's not really like a middleman i don't need like permission from somebody i'm not saying like is this good enough for someone else to publish for me like i'm just deciding for myself like i'm happy with this and then i print it (laughs) um yeah like it's it's even frustrating For me, like over the weekend I was getting things printed like from a print shop. And like even even having to go through that is kind of frustrating. (laughs) Like like I just wanna have my own print shop in my room and be able to handle all that stuff myself. Um, Yeah, I think it just feels really empowering like to do the whole process, start to finish on your own. And it's like, yeah. It's
1: so cool. Yeah, I do, like, it's really cool to be able to do it yourself. Um, And for someone that doesn't, like, Never been to a print shop. <laughs> Never thought about getting any of my art printed. That's crazy. That's awesome. Um, but for someone that's doing it at home, that is a hobbyist that um, really does do it a lot for the the therapeutic enhancements to my life. Being able to make something physical, tangible, feel like it like wraps up the exercise for me in my head. Like, oh, I thought about something. I put it down on paper, and then I liked it's little rippies, and I folded it. Now it's the thing that I have, and it has a name, and that I think is really cool.
4: Everything that everyone has said so far has resonated so much. Uh, traditional publishing has historically failed many of us, and like Vinci said at the start, this is a way to put our own voices out there, and, and also, as we've been talking about, you um, it's art in its purest form when it's, just, when it's just for you. At least that's how a lot of my first scenes started and how I think a lot of us start out, as Vinci as mentioned at the start, um, which is really freeing, I think, and, and a mindset that um, is really necessary to creating good art, is to, to have that space and that freedom and that lack of judgment.
5: Uh, Yeah, like, I want to expand on that, like, I've noticed, for example, if I'm like, you know what, I think I'm good enough for comics, or I've done a hobby that I really like, and then I want to go proficient, for example, I'm into crafts, but there's no community in crafts, like there's a zine community, so, like, for example, i want to sell somewhere, and all the crafters are, like, at least, like, $2,000 per table, and... Like, there's a lot of, like, like, if you try to apply for a grant, oh my god, like, through Ontario Art Council, it's, like, so difficult. Like, even for able-bodied people, it's, like, so hard to get through. And I've noticed that the, like, less limitations you have, sorry, the more limitations you have, the less likely it's you, it is likely that you get feedback for your work and then you actually improve on it because you're just trying to get it out there and you're not actually doing it and like keep doing it, collaborating with other people, like those chances get so rare that over years it takes for you to improve. But for something like Zine Community, it can only take you like one or two years because you're doing so much and putting it out there. Over the years, you meet more and more artists and you notice, oh, I can improve on this and that. and there's more aspects because it's more free and more accessible than something like a publishing where you have to keep applying and applying to even get feedback or just know what works and what doesn't.
0: Absolutely, I definitely agree with that. And all of you, I think a a common thing that we can all agree on is zines are so important is because of how accessible they are and how easy it is for us to make our own communities that are needed and feel um, never feel pressured to make something for anybody else but rather make it for yourself and that's what is the most important thing and you know having this community and feeling comfortable enough to share some of our most vulnerable moments through this art form, i think is so magical and wonderful um but that's that's my little two cents. My next question is, how important is it to hold spaces like my monster holds me soft?
5: I think
2: it's really important to hold spaces like that because honestly, growing up, I never really found any spaces like that. I never found spaces for queer disabled folks. I never, or even just like for disabled folks really mm-hmm. growing up because I always felt like ashamed about being who I was and it was they coming from like a very ableist environment, I was supposed to be forced to not have a disability. So for example, on days that I couldn't walk properly and needed a wheelchair, I would just have to stay home and I wouldn't be able to go to school. And then everybody would be like, Oh, why did you miss school? And I'd be like, Oh, I had a cough. Oh, like I it was just all of this sort of thing, just trying to hide my disability because I wasn't allowed to show it and I was scared that if people would see it that I would be hurt for it because I was hurt in the past and in the present for it. And having room for BIPOC queer disabled people, or well not necessarily all BIPOC but like priority BIPOC folks, um, to have this kind of space is really endearing because it shows that we even if there are even if the world is kind of against us that we can have a space for ourselves even if we have to make it ourselves and that we belong in this world as well and that we can have this own community and have softness i guess that's what i wanted to say yeah yeah
3: i think it's so important to have those spaces that are like just for us where. are you know, like we feel safe in a space knowing that everybody here understands what we go through and yeah, like it feels like a safe space. I think also just the way that these workshops were kind of organized, I guess, like the way that, um, you know, it was kind of like Vinci and Sam were doing the art things, but then there was also like the Care Bears and, you know, like people, people who are there to handle like the trauma aspect of the workshops. Like, I think that's so important. And yeah, it definitely feels a lot safer. And yeah, like I really just felt like so cared for in this program and yeah, like very, very, like I'm an, an important person who is worth, you know, being accommodated, which I think unfortunately is kind of
1: rare yeah, this for me, like I said before, was the first time I'd ever been in a space like this. And it was totally what I was craving, totally what I was looking for. And um, I don't think it's anywhere else. Like maybe in like friend groups, among like friends and close situations, this kind of synergy is happening somewhere else. Um, but I'm not aware of anyone else even attempting to do anything like this, like, like making People that are usually the odds and ends, the the middle and the center, and that's really it's really cool. Um, that's really all I have to say about it. Is that it's even if more people were doing it, there would never be enough. Something like this is really unique and really powerful. And I know that I speak for everyone. It was like a really important experience that I had. So. Um, Mad important, ten out of ten important to hold spaces like those.
4: I think when we create art, our identities are so central to what that means, because creating good art means creating honesty and honesty means acknowledging who you are and i I know that for me, when I started acknowledging the parts of me that weren't mainstream um, as an as an immigrant, as a Vietnamese woman um my art has shifted completely my character shifted completely my story shifted completely like it just changed the way that i interact with the world in fundamental ways uh which i think is really necessary not that not not even necessarily in like a you have to write about your trauma way but also in like acknowledging the joys of your identity as well and i was only able to do that once i was in a space with people who shared similar experiences and who who understood who I was without having to explain it or justify it, um, and part of the reason I I love being part of this particular workshop series as well, like you mentioned, Lila is the care that went into it because I I have also been in other spaces where you know the intentions are good and um, it's tailored or like reportedly tailored towards people from historically marginalized backgrounds, but without a proper understanding of all the care and support that is needed to hold a space like that in a good and proper safe way. Um, so that was that was one thing that I really loved seeing about this this workshop in particular.
5: Yeah, what Mincy said at the beginning, uh like I really agree, like I'll give that like every environment i've grown up in or been in even in schools in canada so ableist like like for me going to school in altered for example it's like oh it's so special kids and stuff like that like it's been very alienating and just like you know it's not that big of a deal to be disabled or not that because a lot of people are but they just don't realize or like a lot of things like Like it's like a lot of it's so weird how some of them are so like sympathetic towards, but some of them are so alienated. Like, so I just yeah, like finding a community or just people that have shared experiences with you. It's like, hey, you know what? This is wrong because, like, the more people you have, the more you realize, you know, you're not alone, and just you can meet other people like you and that's you know
0: not lonely it's nice feeling it really is such a wonderful feeling especially i felt being able to have the privilege to join this group you know where i'm from i could never have a space like this i just know for a fact that this would never be available and especially as someone who's disabled i always feel like the spaces that are held by able-bodied people for like this they're always with some sort of um guilt and uh i always feel like having a space run by able-bodied people who don't necessarily understand the struggles that we may go through always do it in a way that's like oh, you poor soul or something like that. And I never felt like they truly wanted to understand, but rather they would make these spaces just to feel good about themselves. But having a space like this where everyone kind of understands each other and knows what it's like to live in a world like this, it's just, it's so wonderful not having to constantly explain yourself to others. And I think this is such a wonderful group. And I'm so, so thankful I was able to join this. So we're going to take a quick little break, so we'll be right back. Hello, we are back. Let's just kind of dive right into it, kind of going back to what we were talking about, how, I don't know about all of you, but for me, when I joined this workshop, I was terrified because sharing and reliving trauma is never easy for anybody. For you all, were you, did you feel nervous sharing Or did you find comfort in knowing you were with others who may have had similar experience?
2: Okay, as like a head facilitator and the creator of it, I was terrified that like everybody would just like, I I was terrified that it wouldn't help people and that it was just gonna be one of those workshops where everyone's like, you know what? I really don't like this workshop and we're all just gonna quit like one by one. And I I was so scared that it was going to be a triggering event for everybody despite trying to make the safe space. So I was like terrified every single time, like, oh my God, one, I have to speak in front of a group. That's a lot. Two, it's about trauma and it's about, um, you you do have to relive trauma a little, bit, but at the same time, it does have the safe space, but I was just like, is it safe enough though? Is it safe enough? And I just kept like going over over in my head but like luckily it it worked out fine and, and everybody ended up having such a great time and it was such a nice safe space and the care bears and I'm just gonna talk a little bit about the care bears basically the care bear was trained art therapists to make sure that if anybody was triggered or anybody who felt like too emotional that there was somebody there for you and you could just go to another room and then you can talk to them separately and then um, they would be able to help de escalate And yeah, that was, that was lovely. It was just like my feels were like right there, really, really strong. And then I was like, okay, I guess, I guess it's fine. It is fine. This is such a sweet group.
0: It was such a sweet group. Oh my God. I love you all. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to add, I think it was a space where I felt the most safe I possibly could have been, especially shout out to the Care Bears, Malu and Chantel, who were, absolutely awesome phenomenal they made the space so much more welcoming and calmed my nerves at least I think Vinci you absolutely knocked it out apart by making it a space where people felt safe and calm or at least in my perspective what about everybody else
3: yeah I totally agree about it being a super safe space um I definitely felt comfortable like as soon as the workshops got started I definitely was nervous before the workshop started um which I think you know it's just me like if there's an opportunity to be nervous (laughs) I'll be nervous yeah
4: but I I think it was
3: mainly just about like not really knowing what to expect and like what the structure of the workshops was going to be like and yeah, I, I don't think I was really nervous about coming into the space as a person with trauma. Yeah, I was mainly focused on, you know, what are the people gonna be like? Are they gonna be nice? And, you know, am I gonna feel like a connection to the people? And and of course, like being a Capricorn, I have to be worried about, am I gonna be able to finish a comic in the end? Or is it gonna be too overwhelming? And, yeah, like I had never made a comic before, so I feel like the comic aspect was what I was most nervous about.
0: Uh, You absolutely killed it though. Your comic is so good. I am so excited to order one. They have an Etsy shop, by the way, check them out.
1: Uh, I just wanna make sure that everybody knows if you've got, if you've got comics, you got zines, I want them. <laughs> I want them, okay? <laughs> I fucking want them.
0: Give them to Whatever. us now.
1: Make sure I know where your art is, because I don't. I don't really do the the social medias. So you're gonna have to like send it to me in Discord. But anyway, um, I I'm trying to remember how I really felt. I was super nervous when I didn't think I was gonna. I I, I started out thinking I wasn't gonna be nervous. Um. Just a little bit about the trauma aspect. Uh, I have experienced speaking about my trauma in, in the military. Actually, I used to like, like do like big, like hundreds of people room like talking about it because nobody else would. Um, it was that was horrible uh, to start, but I, I end up. It's like it was totally a skill like anything else. I got really good at speaking about my trauma, understanding about my trauma, talking about it, especially in front of people. So that wasn't an aspect that. I was specifically nervous about, but what I was really nervous about is that everyone would think it was dumb. It was very irrational. Uh I was like, I think especially because of the whole like nature of masking and of shame, that I was like, am I disabled enough to be here? Are people gonna think I'm like I don't know. Weird. Like I don't know. It was. It was. A, that was. I was feeling really nervous, especially like you know. Like I already told you. Like you know. I was, I was already like fanboying before I got here. So there's people that I really looked up to and really respected, in general. And so I was like, oh my god. I, I just really hope I'm cool enough. I knew that a group led by Vincey with these parameters that was this. I knew it was gonna be rad. Like, I knew it was going to be rad. I was worried I wasn't going to be rad enough. Um, So that's where my nervousness came from entirely. But it it quickly melted away. The vibes were always right. The vibes are absolutely always right. So
0: Tots, I think it's fair to say you have indeed passed the vibe check, as the cool kids say. I think you are the coolest person ever. And thank you for being a part of this group. (laughs)
1: That is so sweet and it means so much more coming from you guys who've really seen, like, my inside meets. And while I am very open, I am especially open with you fine people, so it means a lot.
0: That means a lot to us. Thank you.
4: I would say... I, I was usually a bit nervous for the parts that I where I was talking or leading, but overall in the entire structure of the workshop series i I never like feared that it wouldn't be a good enough space because i I did have full confidence in you Vinci, um that all the parameters he said were wonderful and there there was never any part where I was like, Vincy doesn't know what's up so confidence in following your lead
0: this is the Vincey fan club confirmed
5: i just want to add a small thing on what talk said um i just wanted to uh add that like when you're feeling like for me personally i love people that talk a lot because when a lot of people are afraid should i talk and most are silent sounds awkward but when you have the bravery to talk and add stuff and like keep the conversation going, it's like, you know, like I love that
1: the most. So just wanted to add that. <laughs> oh, I love you guys.
5: Thank
0: you. So towards the end, we usually do some rapid fire fun questions just for the sake of fun. And they're really quick. Sam, whatever you're thinking in your head. Uh, first question, a frog or a cat? Um,
2: I think personally that cat wearing a frog hat is the ultimate being that's it that's all i have to say
0: correct
3: i have to say both they're both so good and they're both so different like i don't think you can compare them they're like the two ultimate animals
4: and that's just the truth
0: also correct
4: i have to say cat because they're fluffy and i do love frogs um but i feel like i love metaphorical frogs and fictional frogs more than I love actual frogs. Sorry,
1: frog lovers. (laughs) So that's my answer. Frog or cat, frog always. Hot take, I don't like cats. I think they're cute to look at, but I do not personally enjoy them in my life.
5: I mean, okay, both, but like I love my cat total, so like him, but in general, both, yes.
0: Second question, desert or forest?
5: Got to be a forest because
2: I don't know what I'd do in the desert. It just looks the same. Throughout. I I I can't stand the heat. I need to be around a tree. I need to hug that tree.
3: Definitely forest as well. I don't want to be anyplace hot. And forests have like all the cute little animals. Like they got like the little chipmunks, and yeah, like cute little birds. It's just way cuter.
4: I think forest as well, but desert skies and desert nights are pretty special. So overall forest though, because I think I get bored.
1: (laughs) I'm going to say forest too, um, but I do have a soft spot in my heart for the desert because that's where in California I lived.
5: I lived in a desert my whole life, so I would say forest. I absolutely
0: cannot stand the heat, and I live in California, so that says a lot. Um, uh, Next question, apple or pumpkin? Pumpkin, just because it looks funny,
2: and it is the friend shape.
0: I think I'm also sensing an over-the-garden-wall reference to pumpkin. Maybe,
2: maybe.
3: In terms of pie, I like both, but I think in general, apples are just, like, so much more versatile like you can do so many different things with apples and yeah pumpkins are just kind of like pie i can't even think of anything else (laughs) so but yeah they're like cute halloween i think they're both cute but i think i think probably
5: apple
4: i agree about the versatility of apples however i think i
1: have to say pumpkins because they're just funnier
5: um pumpkin definitely
1: (laughs) that's so great apple every time apple every time.
5: Really? I like, I'm so, I like, I, I'm just obsessed with apples and now I'm tired of them. So now I'm obsessed with pumpkins.
1: Sorry, I said apples every time, but that's not true. Uh, pumpkin pie is better than apple pie, I think for sure. But like, if, like, if I get something that's apple flavored or pumpkin flavored, I think I'd normally do apple. I'm sorry, this is supposed to be quick
0: no it's okay elaborate on pumpkin and apple always uh last question for you twilight fans because i know there's some dirty twilight fans in this in this group um edward or jacob okay
2: i'm gonna go with the Bay lesbian answer say <laughs> no nita i don't want either of them in my life right now ever. <laughs> get out
3: <laughs> yeah i also say neither um yeah they're they're both so (laughs) toxic and not not good stuff but I guess if I had to choose one I would choose Jacob just because like if you have to choose between a creepy like what like 300 year old white man (laughs) and a very good looking indigenous man I think the answer is (laughs) obvious but yeah they're they're both just absolute trash. She should just find somebody else, preferably, like, not in the supernatural realm. Like, I feel like that's causing a lot of problems for Bella.
4: I recently re-watched the Twilight movies in the deep, dark pits of winter this year, um, and I hadn't seen them since I was in high school. I was a big fan when I was in high school, uh, and I went in fully being like, you know what, people shit on sorry am I allowed to swear people (laughs) absolutely swear all you want okay all right people shit on stuff that teenage girls like all the time so I'm gonna go in with an open mind and like I'm willing to to just like see through all the criticism and it was awful oh my god it was so bad (laughs) um very, very toxic, very problematic in so many ways. That said, uh, I've always been 100% Team Jacob. So I think it's objectively the right answer for the reasons that Lila outlined. Uh, Because, you know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna like give up, Edward's like all cold and like he's like an icicle. At least Jacob has like human heat and like the ability to enjoy food, which is important, so. That that's my answer. Um, neither.
0: You know what? Fair, because I've never seen Twilight in my entire life, so I agree.
1: Are you going to say either? Have... Like one of them is at least objectively a better a better <laughs> lover and partner for Bella, right? Even if you aren't personally interested in them. They both they're both
5: toxic, but they're good for each other. And Bella <laughs> like needs someone else, like Edward Cepetto. Um, I don't know what's up with that. Like. What's the other guy's name? It's like, he's obsessed with the babies. They put pedals, like they're both pedals. Bella needs to like get a healthy relationship. It's kind of like Buffy the Empire Slayer, except Buffy like kind of did it right by like breaking up with Angel and also breaking up with Spike. She's like, I cannot get a good guy. I wish that happened into my life.
1: <laughs> so, so valid, so valid. No, they're both objectively garbage because Stephanie Meyer, you know, grew up as, like, a Mormon and, like, abused, but that's fine. That's, you know, if she wants to work it out with Twilight books, I support her 100%. Um, I think Jacob, but that's because I thought he was cute when I was younger, and I had a life-size cutout of him in my robe for some time. (laughs) He did not have a shirt on. I don't know why my mom. My mom actually, no, my mom let me because she had, like, a shirtless poster prints in her room growing up and she said it was only fair so i had this like light it was from like a movie theater like i stole it from a movie theater like it was like a (laughs) yeah so i have a soft spot in my heart for jacob for that reason yeah toxic though toxic
0: well it looks like i had to watch twilight now because i'm very interested by these (laughs) answers um so i kind of want to end this on a different note normally i kind of ask what are some artists you like to shout out and are inspired by but this one is a little bit different um i was watching a small press expo panel on youtube and it was hosted by carter Monir, and the panel was about queer joy and queer friendships and one of the guests on there her name was crystal fraser i hope i'm saying that right but they said this and it really spoke to me and it really reminded me of this group and the quote was I don't think queer joy means things have to be happy all the time. But I think it's about the journey to that moment of loving yourself, loving your community, and loving the situation you find yourself in. And from that, I kind of wanted to ask, based on our experiences being in this group, do you feel a little bit closer to that journey, getting to that moment of loving yourself, your community, and the situation you find yourself in?
2: Yes, definitely. I feel very love and very loving towards this group i feel very much like even though i created the space and it's also for other people it's also for myself as well because i needed that space for myself i needed that care with other people and i wanted that community and i knew other people wanted that community and having the ability to make it is such a beautiful thing and it just made me so emotional and i Realize now that I have way more power than I expected. I had originally so it. I want to make more spaces like this. I don't know what they're going to be in the future, but I want to make more spaces like this. And we are actually thinking about we're trying to get grant funding to do more iterations of my monsters. So I'm very excited about that too.
3: Yeah, I definitely felt that way, Um, especially you know, like during the pandemic, I haven't really had much community connection um, with queer friends and yeah, mostly just like one-on-one like messaging with friends that I already have, not really making any new friends. And yeah, I really feel like I didn't even realize how much I missed being part of community and especially that there were so many people in this workshop in Toronto, but it's like I didn't even know that you existed and you're so cool. And like, you know, hopefully we'll stay friends with those people. Um yeah, and I I didn't realize like how much I would miss doing the workshops and how much I would miss everybody. Um yeah, so I really, I really appreciated the community aspect of it.
4: I think being with this group in particular and, and meeting all of you has helped me learn to live with, learn to love my vulnerabilities more so. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. So.
0: Of course. Thank you so much for being a part of this group and for joining me once again today. I, This was a really special meeting. Thank you. Thank you all so much for coming and joining me on this episode again. It truly means the world to me. Uh, but right before we end this, can you guys give us uh, some information on where we can find you and your work, maybe social media or wherever?
2: Uh, my name is Vincy Lim. So I have a website. It's vincylim.ca, So vincyli mca um, And I have an Instagram. It's Kiwimi which is K-I-W-I-M-I-I. Pronouncing letters out loud is hard. And that's where you can find me.
3: I'm Lila. I'm sentient pansy on, I guess I just have Instagram and an Etsy shop. Um, So yeah, it's S-E-N-T-I-E-N-T-P-A-N-S-Y. Sentient pansy.
1: Um everyone's spelling is amazing. I was so stressed for you. Just anyway, um, I am taught and I don't have social media, but if you walk around the mean streets of Baltimore, um, maybe you can spot Party Fish saying horrible things (laughs) on the street signs.
4: I'm Lynn. And my website is linsnien.com. So that's l-i-n-h-s dot N-G-U-Y-E-N dot com. My Instagram handle is lynn.s.nien. Uh I have a chapbook out right now that you can find on my website. So check it out. There's an online version as well as a hard copy version. Uh, and would love if anyone would read it. So yeah, thank you.
5: Hello, um, you can find me um on Instagram, which is dairy like milk cheese, you know when you eat dairy, D A I R Y dot Sam, which is my name, and my port my website like slash portfolio is dairy Sam with no dot this time, dot wicksite dot com slash portfolio.
0: Thank you so much. I absolutely Mm -hmm. 1,000% will say that you should check them all out. All wonderful, wonderful people and all wonderful, wonderful works of art. Um, And yeah, thank you so much for joining me, you guys. I want to thank Vinci, Lila, Tots, Lynn, and Sam once again for taking the time and joining me for this episode. It's always a joy getting to talk with you. I also want to give a shout out to our Care Bears slash Art Therapists, Malu and Chantel. This workshop wouldn't be the same without their support and guidance. You can find them both on Instagram. Malu is on Instagram and her Instagram handle is Malu Rojas Photo spelled M-A-L-U-R-O-J-A-S-P-H-O-T-O. And you can find Chantel at Black Sheep underscore Quirky Yarns. Spelled B-L-A-C-K-S-H-E-E-P underscore Q-U-I-R-K-Y-Y-A-R-N-S. I I also want to give a shout out to the rest of my Monster Holds Me Soft participants. You are what truly makes this workshop so special. And finally, I would love to give a shout out to Story Planet for hosting and funding My Monster Holds Me Soft. As Bencie said before, they're trying to make another session of My Monster Holds Me Soft, as well as making ones that is specifically for teenagers. This is a wonderful resource I highly recommend. From this workshop, we got to talk with guest artists, make our own comics and zines and kind of bond and make our own little community together. It's such an incredible resource and I highly recommend checking it out, especially if you're in the Toronto based area. Uh, To find out more about Story Planet and their resources and other workshops, you can find them at Story Planeto on Instagram, spelled S-T-O-R-Y-P-L-A-N-E-T-O. Again, thank you so much for joining me on this episode
4: and I will catch you on the next one.